You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from beautiful Orlando, Florida. And I'm excited that I can say that again, beautiful Orlando, Florida, because uh, last week it was pretty chilly, but uh, it's warming up again, getting back to normal. So excited about that. Even more excited about the fact that our podcast has now hit over 5,000 downloads, which is unbelievable and super exciting. So thank you to everyone. As always, the podcast is brought to you by Blue Sky Missions. And over at Blue Sky, we've just launched a variety of new missions trips. So countries like South Africa and Peru are now available, as well as some stateside trips like New York and Charleston, South Carolina. And so if you want to go on a missions trip, or maybe you're a group leader or a pastor of some sort, and you want to take a group on a missions trip, want to seriously encourage you uh, to check out Blue Sky. We can take care of all of the details for you. Uh, we do all the work so that you can do all the ministry. Check it out at blueskymissions.org. All right, let's dive into today's topic. And the question I want to answer today is, does Genesis 38 condemn masturbation or birth control? And the reason I want to do this episode is because we actually had a comment on our website in response to a previous episode. Actually, uh, it's kind of funny to some people, but our most downloaded episode was episode 14. And the, the topic of that episode was, is masturbation really a sin? Now, we post all of our episodes with our show notes and show descriptions on our website, theologyfortherestofus.com. And on each page where an episode is posted, we also have a comment section. So that's where we had a comment was left by a guy named Paul. He left the comment, and so I'm excited to respond. Actually, I hope to be able to do this for a lot of different episodes. Uh, We actually have not had a chance to do this for any episode yet, so I'm excited to be able to get a comment from a listener and then respond accordingly. You can actually go to the website and click on that episode, episode 14's page, and uh, you can see Paul's comment there. It's actually quite thorough. It's several paragraphs, and uh, and in that comment, Paul questions or challenges my perspective and some of the things that I, I shared um, you know, in that episode. So I did reach out to Paul. He actually appears to be a blogger himself. And so I, I did reach out to him and try to get a hold of him, but I had never heard back from him. I, I waited several days uh, to see if he would be interested in coming on the show and having a dialogue, but I never heard back from him. And so, uh, Paul, if you're listening to this, uh, that offer still stands. would love to have you on a future episode. But uh, because of the nature of the comment, I felt you know I should address it and answer the question here, uh, here on the podcast. Now, just in case if you're listening to this and you have not listened to episode 14 yet, uh, and you have not heard my view on masturbation, let me just give you a, a quick rundown of what I said in that episode. Basically, I simply said that the scripture never directly labels masturbation as a sin. And I am always very nervous to label something a sin that the scripture doesn't clearly label as a sin. However, in that episode, I spend the bulk of the episode making a very clear case as to why I believe we as Christians should avoid indulging in masturbation. I made it clear that I do not believe that masturbation is a sin. However, I said I do not believe it's helpful, and I even believe that it's potentially harmful to us. And so I kind of view that in light of 1 Corinthians 10. 
there in First Corinthians ten, the Bible tells us that that there that all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So like you might be allowed to do it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's helpful, right? I might be allowed to eat uh, two dozen donuts tonight, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be healthy or helpful. And so that that's kind of the perspective I take. That in life as Christians, we do, we just shouldn't say what's right or wrong, what's sinful, what's not sinful, but we really should be going to God and saying, God. What's the ideal? What's the best? And we should be seeking to live our lives uh, to, you know, to fulfill that which is God's ideal for us. Now, some people would say, listen, the reality is, Kenny, that both you and Paul end up in the, in the same place, right? A quick clarity note, I'm speaking about Paul, the guy who left the comment on my website, not the Apostle Paul, okay? Just makes it very clear. In this episode, when I'm talking about Paul, I'm talking about the guy who left the comment on our website. Paul is telling people avoid masturbation because it's sinful. I'm telling people avoid masturbation because it's not helpful. Some people would say, Kenny, you end up at the same place. What's the point of having the conversation? Who cares? And I would say it matters a lot because the reason why you do or don't do something is just as important as to whether or not you actually do that thing. And the reason is because if we begin to tell people that something is sinful when the Bible doesn't, we, we then begin to encroach upon or come close to legalism. And I promise that we'll cover the topic of legalism in future episodes at length. But we begin to tell people things are wrong that are not necessarily directly wrong. And that kind of puts us on a slippery slope, right? That puts us down the path where we begin to continually expound the boundaries and we continually tell people that things are sinful. And eventually the list of things that, that get on that list that we shouldn't do ends up being very long. And we end up being very burdensome and very oppressive. When Jesus shows up on the scene and he's continually blasting the Pharisees, this is what is getting him angry. It's the Pharisees that have given the people this long list of stuff that they can never do, this long list of things that were apparently sinful, but they actually weren't. And it, it became very oppressive and the people began to get, you know, they felt burdened and it choked out their desire to seek God because chasing after God became too hard. And so anytime we label something as sinful that the Bible hasn't labeled as sinful, we begin to approach legalism, and that's the very thing that got Jesus very angry. So we want to be just really cautious that we don't approach that. So, so that that's the reason why it's important to have the conversation. Even though my friend Paul here, who's you know putting comment on the website, him and I again we end up at the same place, but our reasoning is very different, and so it's important to to address that. And so uh, Paul's premise basically is simply that, um, you know. When I'm talking about masturbation in episode 14, that I basically leave out a particular passage of scripture, which is Genesis 38. Quick side note, I actually originally did include my commentary on Genesis chapter 38 in the original episode 14, but because of the length of the show, I ended up cutting that out and editing it down. And so looking back on it, I probably should have left that commentary in, but I'm glad we have another episode to cover that. So Genesis chapter 38, Paul basically makes the point in his comment that uh, that commentators and theologians and pastors for centuries have unanimously agreed that Genesis 38 does indeed condemn both birth control and masturbation. And the reality is, I, I, with all due respect, Paul, that's actually not accurate. There are definitely some theologians and some commentators throughout history that certainly have used Genesis 38 as a, you know, as a premise or as their evidence to say that both birth control and masturbation are sinful. However, it is not unanimous. There are lots of commentators and theologians and preachers that disagree with that. 
Now, before we actually dive into the text of Genesis 38, let me just give you a quick history lesson. Uh, basically, in the culture uh, that, that Genesis 38 is, is speaking about, it was customary if a man were to marry a woman and that man were to die, it was customary for his younger brother to then marry that woman, have children with her, and then raise those children up in the name of his older brother. You know, so, you know, if my older brother were to die, my expectation would have been to marry my sister-in-law, have children, but they would not be my children. Legally speaking, they'd be the children of my older brother, and I wouldn't get credit for that at all. And so that that's, that's the cultural expectation. In Genesis 38, we see a story of a man who dies, and um, because he's a wicked man, so actually God puts him to death, and then his... Uh, the father comes to the younger brother and says, dude, you got you have a responsibility to do. So let me just read that to you very quickly. Genesis 38, verse 8 says this. Then Judah said to Onan, Onan is the younger brother, that he's you know responsible to do this. Judah, his dad, comes to him and says, go into your brother's wife and perform the duty of her brother-in-law to her and raise up offspring for your brother. Verse 9 says this. But Onan knew that the offspring would not be his. So whenever he went into his brother's wife, he would waste the semen on the ground so as to not give offspring to his brother. Verse 10 says, And what he did was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and he put him to death also. So basically what happens is Judah goes to Onan. He's like, dude, go marry sister-in-law, have babies. Onan's like, dude, I don't want to have babies in the name of my brother. For whatever reason, he didn't want to do that. Um, so he would go have sex with his sister-in-law. Of course, he wasn't opposed to that. Um, he would go have sex with his sister-in-law. And the Bible says that he would waste the semen on the ground. So he's having sex with his sister-in-law, but he's doing it in such a way to take precautions to make sure she doesn't get pregnant because he doesn't want to fulfill his duty. He doesn't want to raise another man's children it is in essence what he's doing. And so some people look at this and say, see, he's wasting his semen on the ground. So anytime you waste your semen, you are wicked in the sight of the Lord. Or anytime you have sex in such a way where uh, you are purposely trying not to get pregnant, you are wicked, and that's a form of birth control, so that's wrong. God is angry with that. The people, There have been people who use Genesis 38 to basically say that birth control is sinful or that masturbation is sinful. And the reality is when you understand the history and you look at the context, it becomes abundantly clear that is not at all what Genesis 38 is actually talking about. Genesis 38 is talking about men not fulfilling their responsibilities as men. It's much, much bigger than just masturbation or birth control, all right? It is not sinful to have sex in such a way that you don't get pregnant. We see in the Bible, uh, in the book of Song of Solomon, we see this young couple in love having you know appropriate, intimate sexual relations for the purpose of physical pleasure, for the purpose of, of bonding, of the purpose of developing their, their unity and their intimacy. Listen, the reality is that, that, the, that the purpose that God created for sex was not just to procreate, not just to have children, but for a spiritual and physical bonding to take place. So it's perfectly appropriate to participate in that action for that purpose and not procreate. That's perfectly acceptable. It's Christ-honoring. There is no evidence in this passage or anywhere else that birth control is wrong in the sight of God and there's no evidence uh, in this passage or anywhere else in scripture that masturbation is directly sinful now let me say this quick caveat there are forms of birth control that would be similar to abortion and we would stand against that and there are forms of birth control that would be extremely harmful to your physical body and, and we would then recommend that you not participate in those forms of birth control but there are forms of birth control that are not similar to abortion and are not harmful for your body. And we would 
be perfectly acceptable to to use that th- those precautions in in marriage. In, furthermore, I want to just restate my opinion that masturbation is not sinful. However, it may not be helpful, and it even could be harmful. So we'd encourage people to not indulge in that and to to avoid that. I, I think the point of Genesis 38 is much grander than that. The point of Genesis 38 is that men need to be men, right? Like that if you are a man and you don't fulfill your duties, both to your family, your culture, uh, your nation, your local church, whatever, that God is angry with that. That God labels men that don't fulfill their responsibilities as wicked. If you're a man that doesn't do what a man's supposed to do, God is frustrated with that. Now, he may not kill you like he did in this passage with this guy, but he clearly is is not a fan of that. So as a man, as a husband, as a father, as an employee, as a church attender, whatever, every man has responsibilities and God expects you to step up, be mature, and fulfill your responsibilities as a man. That's what Genesis 38 is actually talking about. And I happen to think that, that the lesson we learned from Genesis 38 in light of that is much grander than than I think minimizing the passage to just say that it's against masturbation or it's, or it's against birth control. I, I don't think that's a lesson we learned from that. I think the lesson is much grander. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I hope this has brought some clarity for you uh, about Genesis chapter 38 and what it's really talking about. A big thank you to my friend Paul there who, uh, who left the, the comment on the website. Appreciate that a lot. If you happen to have a comment or a question that you'd like to have addressed on the podcast, whether it's about this episode or any episode at all, please feel free to shoot me an email and I promise we will have an episode of the podcast devoted to whatever question or comment you send. You can send that email to heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's heyortiz, H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Also, a quick reminder, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. When you are subscribed, it makes sure that every episode gets delivered directly to your device, and it helps us out a lot. Uh, The more subscriptions we have, the further up the search rankings we get pushed. So please help us out. Hit the subscribe button. It helps us reach more people. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.